From the Financial Times in London, I'm Brooke Masters, and this is FT News. Who or what is Cambridge Analytica, the company that has embroiled Facebook in a scandal over the misuse of user data? The story began with Alexander Kogan, a psychology lecturer at Cambridge University, who created an app that collected data on 50 million Facebook users in 2014. That data was passed to Cambridge Analytica, apparently in breach of Facebook's terms of service. Cambridge Analytica was the subject of a televised sting this week when a Channel 4 reporter filmed its chief executive, Alexander Nix, bragging that his firm, quote, did all the research, all the data, all the analytics, all the targeting for Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. Well, with me in the studio to discuss the company is John Gapper, who's written a column for the FT about the firm. So first, John, can you recap? What is Cambridge Analytica accused of doing and how has it responded? Well, Cambridge Analytica is a political advertising and data analytics firm, and it's essentially accused of taking this data that Dr. Kogan obtained from Facebook, this information on 50 million Facebook users, and using it to build a a complex data model, which would essentially allow it to target users on Facebook with advertising, with political ads for the Ted Cruz campaign. And then later it came to work on the Donald Trump campaign. Why does Facebook allow applications like this to take data from its platform? Well, that's a question that I think a lot of people are now waking up to at this moment. Uh, People have known for a long time that Facebook essentially has this gigantic collection of personal data on 2 billion users and that people can put applications on its site. But what the Cambridge Analytica incident is showing or bringing to people's attention is that in the past, and they changed the rules in 2015, If you or I or anybody else was an approved developer and you ran an application on the site and got people's permission to take their likes and their links and some of their information as Facebook users, that in effect would give you permission to take information about their friends. And so in this case, there was information taken voluntarily from 270,000 people. But once you added up all of their friends, it came to 50 million. So there was an enormous amount of data that this company was taking out of Facebook. And the question now is, a lot of people are saying, well, hold on a minute, lots and lots of applications were siphoning huge amounts of data without the Facebook users' real knowledge. You mentioned there was a rule change by Facebook. Is it still possible to take people's data and get, you know, from 270,000 people to 50 million? Well, Facebook says no. It says that now there's much tighter restrictions. And so you might get an individual's permission to use their data to find out their links and so forth on Facebook. But that wouldn't allow you to look at their friends as well. Now, on the other side of this equation is Cambridge Analytica. Who are these people? And what does it do? Well, that's a very good question because it's a sort of company that, frankly, none of us would have imagined existing about 10 years ago. It bills itself as a data science company. It's really an offshoot of a British company called SCL, which has done a lot of work overseas on foreign elections. But Cambridge Analytica was set up as a U.S. subsidiary to try to sort of take some of these techniques into the U.S., specifically the U.S. presidential election. 
And it concentrated on Facebook and other platforms and producing this very targeted political advertising, which was supposed to be able to persuade voters on the basis of their psychological profiles in ways that other agencies couldn't do. Do we have any sense of what kinds of ads they were and whether they were effective? Yes. I mean, I think it said quite a bit about that. It, by the way, denies abusing this Facebook data. It says that it had a look at the Facebook data that Dr. Cogan produced, but decided it wasn't really that useful. Collected data from a whole load of other sources, built these models, and then what it would do is it would say, we've got different sort of psychological profiles for different sorts of people. Some people might be extroverted, some people might be introverted, and the ways in which they react to adverts will be different. And so they'll model a lot of different political adverts and target them on different sorts of psychological profiles. And the great thing about Facebook as a delivery mechanism is that you can go into Facebook, anybody can, I could, you could tomorrow, and say, I want to run an ad and I can target these specific sorts of demographic profiles, these likes, these activities. And Cambridge Analytica said it had worked out a way to take all of that information and to basically translate it into psychological profiles and then run extremely targeted ads against them. Ah, and so in terms of what it did, it did this for Ted Cruz and then Donald Trump. Was that because it's Republican in affiliation or did it just get hired? Well, it had an affiliation, and this brings us to the nub of the matter as far as Donald Trump was concerned. SEL attracted the attention of Steve Bannon, the former aide to Donald Trump, and Robert Mercer, a hedge fund billionaire who is a Trump supporter, Trump backer. And Robert Mercer apparently invested some millions of dollars into setting up Cambridge Analytica. Steve Bannon was supposed to have been on the board, although, frankly, it's rather hard to get much specific information about exactly how the company is set up. But it was certainly affiliated with people who sympathise with the Trump campaign. And it was seen as an instrument of bringing the Trump campaign and the Republican candidates in line with what was seen as a much more advanced use of Facebook by the Obama campaign and the Democrats. Interesting. We keep calling it Cambridge Analytica. Is it actually affiliated with Cambridge? Well, the university, I think, is very upset by the idea that somehow by the use of the name Cambridge, it appears to have some affiliation with Cambridge University. There's an interesting link, which is that a lot of the original research on how to target psychological profiles on Facebook and other social platforms was actually done at an official Cambridge University research centre. But there is no link between that research centre and Cambridge Analytica. Now, you tell me whether or not they deliberately named it in order to perhaps gain from some of the halo effect. Well, as an American, I kept wondering if it had anything to do with Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is where MIT and Harvard are based, which also sounds very professional and important. Yes, and other companies have named themselves after... uh, There's a company called Oxford Analytica, which has got nothing to do with Oxford University or indeed Cambridge Analytica, so it's somewhat confusing. While we're on the subject of Cambridge Analytica, the CEO, Alexander Nix did not come off particularly well in this Channel 4 sting. What's happened to him and what do we know about him? 
Well, we know that he's been suspended from his job as a result of some of the rather unwise things he said on the Channel 4 documentary. Like what kinds of things? For uh, he talked very unguardedly to the reporters about the sort of dirty tricks they might perhaps employ in foreign elections in terms of exposing corrupt officials and he even talked about introducing women to them. And he also talked in some depth about the ways in which they worked on the Trump campaign. Mr. Nix is well known as an extremely slick salesman of Cambridge Analytical Services. And he went to Eton, the British public school where a lot of prime ministers went. And he's got some charm and some persuasive ability. How's his successor? Is he also an Etonian? A bit unclear. It's certainly true that several of the people associated with Cambridge Analytica and SCL Group went to British public schools and have a rather British upper-class posh background. But his successor will be trying to work out, I suspect, whether or not Cambridge Analytica is really a going concern because it was a startup which was trying to break into the US political scene against stiff competition. There are lots of consultancies, lobbyists, and indeed political advertising firms in the States. And so it always saw itself as a bit of a startup, a new entrance. And frankly, the sort of publicity it's getting at the moment, I suspect it's going to have trouble getting business. You could certainly say that. Do we know whether they were any good at targeting voters? Well, this is a very interesting question. We know from the work done at Cambridge University that there is a very interesting new area interesting, some people might find it sinister, that if you know enough about somebody's social media profile, you can then build quite accurately a psychological profile of them. We know that part works. What we don't quite know is whether or not having built this psychological profile and advertised against it, how influential that is compared with any other sort of advertising. Now, of course, Cambridge Analytica talked this up as if it was a wonderful new recipe that they discovered. But the truth is the evidence is a bit thin on the ground and we can't exactly trust what they said about it. So what in the end is your takeaway from this whole affair? I think the most important thing, actually, when this has faded away, there's been a huge wake-up call for a lot of people who vaguely knew that Facebook had a lot of data and vaguely knew that there were applications running on it and knew beyond that that there was a lot of data out there about individuals. This has really crystallised how all those things can come together in a way that is profoundly disturbing. And so I think it's really opened a whole Pandora's box for Facebook itself, which is now in a great deal of trouble. Politicians, regulators, governments, both in Europe, the United States are saying, actually, Facebook has really never had proper controls on its data. It's allowed other people to get access to it in ways that it did not regulate properly or even supervise properly. And that's a huge problem for Facebook. Well, we'll have to come back and see what happens when all these regulators and investigators dig into this problem. Thanks very much, John. Thank you. If you'd like to know more about the Cambridge Analytica story, please go to ft.com to read more. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.